We are. We are. We are cultivate. 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 We are cultivate. Hello and welcome to a special mini-sode of Yield Crime, the show where Maddie and I discuss the funny, strange, and obscure crimes of yesteryear every Wednesday. This special bi-weekly segment is called Can You Crack the Cramp Word, which is slang for a difficult or obscure term, which I thought was very fitting. And joining me today is Becky Feldman from the Too Stupid to Live podcast. And before we begin, I'd like to give her the opportunity to tell us a little more about herself and her show before we get started. Hi, I am Becky Feldman. I am a Los Angeles-based writer, performer, and host of the podcast Too Stupid to Live. It is a podcast that reviews romance novels, $5 and under, the weirder, the better. And I also have special episodes of TSTL called Hot as Hell with TSTL, where we talk with authors. I know the answer from stalking (laughs) your website. But can you explain to our listeners what Mm -hmm. the term too stupid to live means in regard to your podcast and why you called it that? Absolutely. One is, well, too stupid to live. TSTL is often like a criticism that a lot of like the female characters get in romance novels where they'll like, Mm -hmm. I don't know, do something quote unquote stupid to save their, I don't know, like like, help. I'm in a tower. I need to be rescued. You know, it's really stupid. (laughs) Yeah. Very, very stupid. And so I just thought it was, such a it's such a funny thing and I just wanted to take it back and so I to find myself in having made stupid mistakes in my life so I just thought it was a fitting title for the <laughs> podcast <laughs> and I'm very excited for you guys to see the the cover art for her podcast because it is amazing and like immediately when I went on your site I was like yes I know oh my exactly God. what I'm getting into I love this. <laughs> you know what's insane though? Like I had to get my brother to make that cover art, which is very like <laughs> I didn't know Photoshop and like this is before Canva like was a thing, you know, cuz like I yeah. had started it like even like like 2015 I think is when I first started it. And so I had no idea like how to use Canva or Photoshop or anything, but my brother did. And so I needed to like be like you need to let like okay, so it's so for people who don't know it's me posing with like a stock photo of like a handsome romance novel cover and like having to get my brother to be like you have to you have to show his nipple please like you know what I mean (laughs) just giving him notes I had to get my sister-in-law to come in and just like be like this is what I need (laughs) tell him free the nipple yes yes yeah it's the 21st century Mm -hmm. these poor poor hot men yeah As you mentioned, in your non-podcasting life, you're a comedian or a comedy writer and have quite a few big name projects under your belt. Can you tell us what got you interested in comedy? Well, I feel like I've always, you know, kind of been raised in that way of like, not ra- well, raised in a way where like humor is very important to my family, not taking mm-hmm. yourself seriously, being able to like make fun of yourself, you know, was always like kind of a, a big thing. I also feel like, you know, in childhood I, I always use humor as like a defense mechanism you know if you yep. were 
hate or this or that. So it was just always was very natural to me. And I always loved like SNL and comedies, you know, in mm -hmm. high school. And then I went to college and I knew I wanted to get into comedy at that point. I studied film and theater and got involved in the comedy sure. scene there. And yeah, the rest is history. That's awesome. I have to ask, mm -hmm. do you have a favorite trashy romance novel that you've read and discussed on the show? Oh my gosh. Let me think. Well, I mean, I, I was about to be like all of them, but <laughs> they're all like, my children. They're Honestly, they're all good in their own way. Like, I just feel like yeah. I, I love it like so much. Like I love reading romance so much that it's just like hard for me to choose. But like, I feel like you're going to be like, this lady is weird, but there's like some weird romance <laughs> novels out there. Like there's like romance there, there novels are. where people are falling in love with aliens and mermen and this and that. And so most recently there was an orc romance that I like somewhat like it's a romance novel where the, instead of like a main attractive, like handsome prince, it is an orc, like orc that you would see in Lord of the Wings. He does have abs though. So don't, it's not totally He's ridiculous. Going for him. <laughs> yeah, exactly. He's not disgusting. This isn't Shrek's story. Okay. Yeah. No, 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 no. Although that does exist. I feel like with like romance novels, like, like there's a thing like because there's so many indie publishers and there's so many people and there's so many so much like opportunities for content these days like with like Wattpad and things like that like mm -hmm. anything you want in a romance is out there like I if you want yep. a, it's like porn these days you know yes pretty much <laughs> yes yeah like every single trope you could think of there's a romance novel for that yeah yeah or like someone either wrote it as a parody or and then they're like oh I'm gonna write it for real like you know so many people try their hand at it you know like it's it's such a big community and very welcoming I have read my fair share of romance novels and apparently I come from a long line of romance novel readers my dad's mom I have this distinct memory whenever she would go to the grocery store she would pick up a mystery novel and a romance novel and so you would go to their house and she wouldn't get rid of them she'd keep them all so their bedroom there were literal piles from floor to ceiling <laughs> of all of these books that she had read and I remember like having to take naps in there like we didn't visit them very often but like I remember being terrified I was going to be crushed by these like romance novels <laughs> like if like the wind blew through the room or like one of the cats got in there, like I was just gonna be like death by romance novel. Yeah, yeah. Which would look sweet on my tombstone. What happened? Oh, it was a catapult of romance novels. I love that she didn't have a bookshelf. It was just like, no, where we're going, I'm keeping these books. There's no bookshelves. We're just piling them on. That's just extra furniture I don't need in my house. You know, like, I get it. It's a choice. It's a choice that I appreciate it. And I appreciate that she like, she stuck with it. Like, she was like, I'm not just going to keep little piles here and there. I'm, like, dedicated to this at this point. Like, I'm just mm -hmm. going to go balls to the wall. In this case, like, books to the wall. Yeah, but books were literally on the wall. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> literally <laughs> against the wall, mm -hmm. to the ceiling. Mm -hmm. Yeah, to the window. Oh, I, love this. I just remember when she passed away, my dad having to box up all these books. And there were so many of them mm -hmm. that he had to, like rotate through like goodwills and like half price bookstores because at some point they were like we literally cannot take any more of these like please go <laughs> <Yeah>. away <laughs> go away and so like 
the imagery of my dad, like having all these boxes of books and then having to like schlep around mm-hmm. to be like, okay, what place haven't I hit yet that I can go and like offload a few boxes of these books. Yeah. Did your dad ever read any of them or was he ever curious? Were you ever curious? I don't know that I ever actually like saw any of them because mm-hmm. at the time that she passed away, I was 16. So it wasn't right. really something that was like in my book reading wheelhouse. I was still reading like Harry Potter and oh, stuff. Sure, sure, sure. Yeah. But later on when I was in like my late teens, early twenties, I was like curious. I was like, I wonder what kind of like bodice ripper type books that she used to read because she was a nurse mm-hmm. and I'm sure she got very bored when she was at work. And I can just picture her like bringing like book after book after book to like work and being that lady that just like reads romance and mystery novels mm-hmm. at I like it. the office. Mm-hmm. Suffice to say, like <laughs> I come from a long line of I love this of romance novel readers. So then I have to know. What was the first romance novel you ever read? Do you remember? Oh, wow. Well, okay. Can, can like Jane Eyre count as a romance novel? Like, I don't know. Like, yes. you know, cause like, I feel like that's a romance. I mean, it's really actually a really messed up story, but like, you know, it's supposed <laughs> to be, I guess, romance. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I, yeah. I do remember reading that in ninth grade and really enjoying it in, but like, I feel like the first book that like got <laughs> my juices flowing, that's, I don't know what that means. <laughs> And this is also going to sound really narcissistic because my name is Becky, but I love Rebecca by Daphne du Maurier. That book had like a big impact on me. I love okay. like a romantic suspense, you know, like, and that's kind of like my subgenre of choice or like it was my subgenre of choice when I started getting in. It's just like mysteries where they have to like solve a, like someone's a serial killer or whatever. It doesn't matter. It's the sure, agent sure. and the woman falling in love, you know, like I, it's like. Yeah. They just make me laugh. I mean, it's it's such an escape for me. And it's like, yes, th- you know, they do make me laugh. But, the, you know, it's also just so entertaining. For sure. I remember when I, I dropped out of college for a while. This is my, my entrance into romance novels. Mm-hmm. And we lived fairly, like, within walking distance of a Walmart, which how many people can say that? I mean. I mean, I can, actually. Well, I grew up in New Jersey. I mean, I was from Northwest Iowa. Okay. Got it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. I remember I was home and I was like, God, what? I'm, I'm so bored when I'm not working at the local restaurant chain or whatever. And so I found this book. I, I still have it. And it was my gateway drug. And it's called Improper English by okay. Kate McAllister. Are okay. you familiar with Kate McAllister? I am. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. I love her. She yeah. is my favorite romance novelist. I have read so much of her books. Like... Mm-hmm. She's had, she has so much of my money, (laughs) but I just remember being drawn to it because I loved the idea of like a flawed heroine that you could relate to. Mm -hmm. Like she, she fell into the whole, like too stupid to live trope. Like, yeah, totally, totally did. Mm -hmm. But there's something so endearing about a heroine who is flawed who you can like relate to on some level Mm -hmm. and you kind of root for her even though she's like totally hopeless and because at the end of the day we all want some like hot guy to like look at us and be like you know what even though you are a hot mess I want to like just bone just go to bone town on you like I just Mm -hmm. 
it's like everything that the world told you is wrong about you is what I love about you. And like, that's like what, who doesn't want to hear that? And like, it's just like, the stories are, I think a lot of the criticism is like, oh, they all are the same. And it's like, uh, yeah, uh, duh. Like there are simple love stories where things work out, you know, like that's why people are read them, you know? And it's like you, when you're like reading a flawed character and you're like getting in, their head and then their insecurities it's like you you're you're turning the pages you're like i want this to work out i need to see how this works out i know what it's going to work out i need to see how it works because they're like your friends for for a second yeah you know you end up really liking the characters yeah. yeah you end up like empathizing with them in like a certain way and like rooting for them because you're not going to read a book where the heroine's like a piece of shit and then right and no one's going to write a book where the heroine's a piece of shit because that's not the formula yeah yeah and it's like even it's so funny because like I'm, i've am i been thinking about like what makes someone a piece of shit i would think about this all the time but like what makes someone a piece of shit and it's like oh okay like that's so like i i have friends who like have written something and they'll be like i really didn't like your character and like and like this i would i read that book and i was like um she's amazing she has a job and like has a you know whatever and they're like well they thought she was a piece of shit and it was like why and they were like why because she's like low self-esteem or something and it's just like what (laughs) what is this like like you know like we need to like like a real like a real like we need to like be able to define like what a real piece of shit is (laughs) i have never seen one piece of shit in my romance novels they're all characters i enjoy and friends with Yeah, like it's, again, they're relatably flawed in some Mm -hmm. way. Those are the best novels are. And again, you, it draws you in. So you like empathize with this flawed person that all of us can see ourselves in some aspect as. Mm -hmm. Like, I literally just finished a romance book the other day. It's not a traditional romance, like raunchy smut fest, Mm -hmm. but it's called with love from cold world and it's like a fairly recent book the main character is trying to think of how to describe her without completely ruining the book for someone who might be interested in reading it so she does like bookkeeping Mm -hmm. for this like destination place in florida okay and she's very like kind of analytical and she kind of overthinks things and so people make fun of her and think she's like a robot like she doesn't have feelings but then you find out that she's like was in the foster system and Mm -hmm. like she's got like this this tragic backstory so you feel for her and then she ends up having to like work in close quarters with the like golden child of the business and sparks fly Mm -hmm. is he a billionaire is it he's not a billionaire okay he's like the golden boy as far as like employees go got it everybody Mm -hmm. knows him he's been there forever he's everybody's Mm -hmm. favorite and they've always had this like sexual tension relationship it's so good but at the same time the book was so frustrating because they would always miscommunicate there was and i love books like that because Mm -hmm. that's how real life works we constantly are miscommunicating or mishearing things and like I appreciate books where, yes, it can be like in a fantasy realm where it's it's like, you know, you're a princess and there's maybe your romantic interest is a dragon man. I don't know. Right. Yeah. Like, oh, those exist. Yeah. <laughs> those exist. Those exist too. And boy, they did have bad communication, let me tell you. <laughs> 
yeah i mean it's two totally different upbringings i mean yeah i mean but- it's seriously yeah one likes to hoard gold. One likes to spend gold. You know, like it's a whole thing. Yeah. And it's just, just tell you, or you love her. I know that you don't speak the same language, but just find a yeah. way. <laughs> yeah. And that's, again, something that like is so relatable. Yeah. Like they've nailed down the formula. Like it doesn't matter what the characters are, what the setting is. It's mm-hmm. it's a standard formula. Same with like the whole hero's journey type of thing with like. Absolutely cultures like I feel like there's so many things that like in our culture is so standard and routine and just for some well for some reason romance gets you know shit on a lot but the reason obviously we all know the reason but you know it's like you watch the real housewives you watch a reality show you watch a sports game like everything that in our lives is that we like that we flock to is like so so predictable I just think like Sometimes it's just like, oh, let's find something to shit on. Oh, let let me shit on the books that my mom bought at the grocery store because I have internalized mommy issues. You know what I mean? And it's like. (laughs) Exactly. Exactly. And it's a fun comfort thing because they're such quick reads. Mm -hmm. Like when you pick them up, you don't think you're going to be like zooming through it. I can't tell you how many times I've like looked at the clock and it's like 3 a.m. And I'm like, wow, I should not have spent all this time reading this book but oh yeah I'm yeah there are people about it. <laughs> who will read a book in a sitting you know like just be like instead of you know three hours in front of the tv it's just like three hours reading a book a day and like I I like I gravitated towards romance novels because like I like was going through a hard time and it was just like this nice like kind of like you know, before bed, just like need zone where it was like, I don't need to think about anything that was going on. Like, you know, it was just pure escapism. And they like, on some days, honestly, like saved me, you know, like they just saved Mm -hmm. me from just like, kind of maybe even like darker thoughts and things like that, you know, so they really are a very powerful tool. They are. I agree with you. I think it's something where people just choose to shit on the genre. Mm -hmm. But I think the people that like, are against it the most are the ones that secretly really really love it I agree yeah and like when I think it's like personally like a fear of vulnerability because in romance novels you do in the end have to I don't know the phrase lay your cards on the table I'm gonna be great on this game because I know phrases so well so it's (laughs) like you know you have to you have to put down your walls and that is so hard for people to do and I think reading Mm -hmm. it there's a level of like cringe in it, you know, because you're like, mm-hmm. like I, I've read characters where like someone does something embarrassing and I and I it reminds me of like something I said or did once and I have a cringe like, oh, why did you do that? Yep. Oh. But I think it's a testament to the good writing. <laughs> you know what I mean? It's not yep. the book is bad. It's just like it's making you think about something within yourself that you don't want to think about. And so it's just easier yep. to kind of criticize outwards instead of inwards. Exactly. And no one likes being vulnerable. No, no one likes putting themselves out there to be like, hey, I love you. Like, you You're know, like, yeah. that's, it's terrifying to do that. Mm-hmm. So, of yeah. course, that's a relatable thing. Like, regardless of how it ends up playing out in the book, like, at the end of the day, everyone can relate to that fear. A hundred percent. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. And now, an audio excerpt from the romance novel, Save File to Love. Too Stupid to Live, a comedy podcast that reviews romance novels $5 and under, is exquisite, intense, and twice a month. 
Hosted by writer-performer Becky Feldman, the show's vigorous and attentive guests send waves of insight and hilarity in every episode. The Too Stupid to Live podcast makes sure the listener is satisfied first, especially when they do that thing with their show where there are special episodes with author interviews. Too Stupid to Live can come to you. That is, it's available wherever you listen to podcasts. Or you can explore tstlpodcast.com. And here's to a happily ever after. Are you ready for the slang term portion? I am so ready. I was like, I, I, I was like playing along in my head. And as I was like listening to your other episodes, I got everything wrong. So I am <laughs> going to be real good. <laughs> everything I got was wrong. I love it so much because half of what is so enjoyable about this segment is the journey that people go on to come up with the descriptions for whatever the terms are. And nine times out of 10, they are so much better than what it actually is. Right. Yeah. It's so great. So I'm excited. I'm excited for you. Okay. We're going on a, we're going on a real mess up journey. <laughs> <laughs> it's going to get real weird. <laughs> if you thought orcs with abs was, was weird, like, yeah. prepare yourself. <laughs> <laughs> That's how I'm going to sell this episode. If you think orcs with abs are weird, buckle up. People be like, I know exactly what she's talking about. (laughs) (laughs) Be like, oh, she read the book too. Yeah. Oh, organ librarian. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Mm -hmm. (laughs) So your first term Mm -hmm. is sorrowful tale. Sorrowful tale. Okay. I am going to think that there's a level of irony in this, right? A sorrowful tale. Like it's like joking making fun of something. Is it something like, you know, when like someone's like, oh, a woe is me tale. Like, is it that like, oh, you're, you're complaining about life or you're like, but it's like really not that bad. You know what I mean? You're over-exaggerating mm-hmm. like something bad that happened to you. And really like, you just like, I don't know, stubbed your toe and you're like, oh, <laughs> that's how they all acted. Right. Yeah. They're like, oh, my toe. <laughs> so much fainting. That's, yes. Yeah. The, all they do is faint. Yeah. I, yeah. I know history. All they did was faint. Just all they did was faint. Didn't know what else to do. Uh, and nothing else to do. Is it that sorrowful tale? Okay. No. Okay. Yes. I knew it. I knew it. <laughs> but you were on the right track because sorrowful tale is slang for three months in jail okay yeah well i think i'm right because what's three months in victorian jail what that's nothing look at my i live in a studio apartment this is victorian jail right now (laughs) i am sorrowful tale (laughs) i am living a sorrowful tale right now exactly you're looking at baby like Yeah, you were like right there. Yeah. Okay. Oh, yes. I'm so proud of myself. I am very proud of you. Thank you so much. <laughs> Just don't faint on me. I'll try. Do your best. Your second term is hop the wag. Hop the wag. Okay. Hop the wag. Okay. I'm going to think that it like is, it means something like in a business sense, but they're using like farming terminology. Hmm. Hop the wag. Hop the wag. 
is it something like like you when you're like on someone's like coattails like you're following some along to like get in like success with them you know what i mean like you're kind of like nudging sure. yourself in you know is it something like that yeah i get what you're saying yeah yeah it is not okay mm-hmm. <laughs> I'll i love how that. you're just like okay yep yep, yep. yep. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I'll, I'll allow it. I'll allow it to be. I will. I'm, t- I'm taking this in stride. Because <laughs> you just look like, What do you mean it's not? <laughs> Lindsay, we established a rapport. Okay. So hop the wag is slang for being truant in school. Okay. And truant means like being But you're skipping late. school. Skipping school. Okay. Oh, that makes so much sense. Hop the wag. Yeah, that does sound like something that that makes sense. It makes sense in my head. You, you know, skip in school, hop the wag. You're like, I just don't feel like it today. I'm just going to yeah. hop the wag. <laughs> and then go play with the hoop and stick or something. I don't know what they did in the yeah. Victorian era for fun. I, uh, I was, they were just like, I'm just going to go home and faint all day. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I had a really bad night last night inhaling all yeah. the like arsenic fumes in the house. I'm just going to go. Just going to hop the wag and faint. <laughs> just gonna go faint somewhere <laughs> they'll find me who needs to yeah. read well i would like to thank becky for joining me today for can you crack the cramp word and before we go can you tell our listeners where they can find you on social media and when new episodes of your show come out yes so you can find me on social media it's beckles 212 on all the platforms that's my personal for my podcast too stupid to live it is tstl podcast on twitter and instagram and i put out two episodes a month every other wednesday i put out a new episode so yeah awesome well on that note as always i'm Lindsay, and i'll see you next time with another tale as old as crime